When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mama podcast, brought to you as always by the wonderful Golding Accountancy, wearegolding.com, and Proudess. Now, some of you may or may not know, um, me and my best friend started a hair and skincare brand called Proudess, and the Instagram handle is at Proudess with three S's, because two S's wasn't available, so <laughs> that's what the company's called. Um, but if you want to be able to brush your hair without so many knots in the morning, if you want your hair to be flatter in the morning, if you want your skin to be better, you need to get yourself over to our Instagram and see what we're doing because we're going to change the world, people. Um, hi. So this week, the lovely Frank Fellows came on to chat to me all about being a cook. He's not a chef. He does, I don't know if he does explain the difference, because I was a bit like, what's the difference in the podcast? But he cooks the food, chefs kind of run the restaurant, or they make sure everything's all right, apparently. I don't know, but anyway, he, and he came to my house and cooked us dinner. I mean, this was literally the best day ever. I did a podcast and sampled the cooking, which was amazing. But yeah, Frank is lovely. He's kind of a friend of the network. But yeah, I hope you enjoy this and I'll see you in a bit. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Work. Work. So today's the best day ever. Is it? <laughs> well, it is, yeah, because I've invited the lovely Frank to come on my podcast to talk about being a cook, not a chef, Very because good. we're going to discuss that later because I don't know what the difference is. And he's come round with food and he's cooking dinner. I am, yeah. And my house smells amazing. So I know. And had I known that this was how it worked, then I'd probably just do a podcast with cooks. I feel like um, it's kind of taken already. You should do a podcast. No, I ain't got time. Oh, that's true. I'm too busy. <laughs> yeah, because you work how I... many hours in a day is from eight to one o'clock in the morning? That's not every day. I know that's not every day, and I know it's not normal, but still, how many hours is that? That's 12, 13, 14. It's maths, I can't do. 17. 18. Is that 18 hours? I don't Eight, know. nine, ten, eleven, twelve, one. 17 hour days. I mean, yeah. I know that that's unusual. Yeah, very rare. Very rare. But how do you... How do you sustain that? You can't. That's why you do it as like... Um, so like, just so we're clear, that's not, <laughs> that's not my normal week to week. <laughs> that's like a very rare occasion where you have to blast out like one or two like that. Um, and especially when like hospitality at the minute is pretty tough it's hard to find staff it's hard to find good staff and you just kind of have to dig in and know that it's going to be okay in a few weeks so, so why are there why are there no staff so everyone post lockdown has realized they don't have to cook or be front of house they can do work from home jobs and that's they're much easier they're much less stressful and they pay better which is fine but if you love what you do then you dig in and you get yeah. it done so like that's why you can do it like I, I i've had a few weeks where i've had to blast for a couple of like long shifts and that's fine because i know that at the end of it i've got a couple of days off one of those days will be a recovery day of sleeping and then doing my laundry and get my shit together and then the next day will be like a day of going out and eating great it's yeah. normal. It's kind of a bit of a weird life, but like that's the life I chose. So. Did you always want to do it? Uh, my first job out of school was KP, so I went straight from school. I I had big plans to go surfing in Cornwall for like a month. <laughs> so my I um obviously from Gloucester, but without the accent. You have got a bit of an accent. It's a bit of a twang. I um everyone expects me to be like, oh my love, how's it going? I sound like Tom Courage and that. You want to be a fire <laughs> Um, which is great, but um, no, I um, I spent years masking it because it's not the most attractive. Of is that what you used to talk like? I fully like after a few ciders, it comes out in full swing. I think it's a nice accent. It's I sound like a hobbit, but obviously this isn't a video podcast. So basically, you're sat with like a wish.com Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> so that's an excellent example of what I look like. 
Um, and a giant as well. You are the tallest person, as Lola quite rightly pointed out. You are the tallest person ever to stand in our kitchen. I will happily take that <laughs> title off. six foot five or six foot six. Six five, six six with shoes on. Okay. <laughs> but I'll take that title, that's fine. Yeah. Hopefully it annoys, it annoys other men that come in this house. <laughs> Especially the bearded ones. Yeah. He's, a, he's the only other tall one that comes around. He's not that tall though, is he? He's not that tall. <laughs> Six foot four. He's taller than everyone in my family's five foot nothing, so. So you're literally a family of hobbits. But you don't we sound are, like hobbits. But we don't sound like hobbits, no. You sound like... Uh, <laughs> people from Essex. People from Essex, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, um, I went... So you were going to go surfing. What's KP? Kitchen Porter. Oh. Or if you work in the kitchen, you are a underwater gastronome technician specialising in one nines, <laughs> one fives and one threes. Um, or a ceramic technician. Okay. Um, yeah, I was KP and my dad took my house keys away when I finished school and he said, go and get a job. You leave when I leave. We'll print a CV together. Like a CV out of school is like, what? I've got GCSEs and no experience. Like It was like one sheet, half, a sh- half an A4 sheet. He's like, go and get a job. And I gave it into those places. And then my brother was working in uh, the food court in Gloucester. So in Gloucester, there's a shopping centre. And upstairs, there was a food court. And it was just like bare bones, proper, like just like pensioners love it. Yeah. Like they know what they're getting. Yeah. Safe. And like the maximum we pay for a meal is like six quid. Yeah. But you get big portions. Um, so I went and washed pots there and learned very quickly that a kitchen is a place where you can be an absolute arsehole to your mates, but it's really nice and stuff happens that is horrifying that people carry on working. Like yeah. I, I, we used to have gas fryers. So anyone that's worked in a kitchen with a gas fryer will know that sometimes you've got to turn it on with a pair of pliers and light the pilot. And we used to have to turn it on power pliers and light the pilot. You had to light it in two seconds or you're losing your eyelashes. And it happened to me once. I'm like, it blasted me in the face. And I was like, whoa. Oh. And then I could hear laughing. They were like, oh, five seconds. I was like, yeah. And then we just carry on with the day. And you got no eyelashes for like a couple of weeks. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, stuff like that happened. You hit each other in the face with fish. Like, it was awful. <laughs> but also great fun. And then I went from like washing pots to like doing service with the boys and then I went into retail and it was just like really boring, really underpaid. Like just, I was really into like clothes and fashion. I was like, oh, this is really cool. You told me to get a steamer. Yeah. And I got one. Yeah, it's good, eh? It's great. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Better than I Yeah, better than the iron mark on the floor. That, yeah, yeah. Don't about we that. Don't, we won't talk about that. Yeah. But I just glared at your carpet and there's an iron mark. Yeah, but, that was like, an accident. I'm telling you, like, more people should have steamers. So there's loads of companies there that are like, I hate ironing and, like, I'll do your laundry. A steamer is what, like, 40, 50 quid on Amazon? Yeah. And it's so much easier. Because yeah. you just hang your stuff up and you go bang, bang, done. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I did spend a lot of time doing that. Um, went from that to... Had you cooked before you worked in the kitchen? No. You'd never cooked anything? I was like 17, so like instant noodles and maybe a mac and cheese. Okay. And maybe... No, I hadn't even made a loaf of bread. But I loved... At school, I was only really good at science, drama, English, and we called it DT food, like design technology food for some reason. I'm not 100 years old. I'm like 36 (laughs) now. But I talk to people about it and they're like, oh, do you mean food tech? And I'm like, yeah, we call it DT food. I'm like, all right, grandpa. 
Um, and I loved it. But then me and Tom, who was my best mate at school, we got to like the final year, like year 11 of food. And like one of the tests was like, make a dish. And we legit both came in with a home fried jar, pasta bake. So all you had to do was put the sauce in, fill the jar with water, pour that in, bake it with cheese on, crushed it. And our teacher was like, I can't be angry because you've used initiative. Yeah. But you haven't really cooked. It's like, well, we've mixed the sauce, prepped the, prepped the dish, finished the dish. Is it cheating? She's like, I have to give you a C, but I'm not happy about this C. And we're <laughs> like, yeah. Um, if I hadn't been forced to get a job and go into kitchens, I was going to chase acting. Okay. I was really, really like, I loved like drama so yeah. much. And like, as you know, like I'm quite a chatty guy. You are. I seem to know everyone through everything. Yeah. Because I just like, I just like to talk to people. Would um, you? Is that something you might still do? No, because every, no. everything I would have done has been taken by actual Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, like, yeah. All roles are gone. <laughs> Other than a stunt double, I'm useless. You could be, like his brother or is he tall? Yeah. Um, what's more weird is the, um, when I ran the pub um, in the Cotswolds, the guy, one of the owners lived in um, the same hamlet as his parents and he didn't tell me. So when I went to go visit him at his house, he was like, come on, let's go to the pub. And we went to the pub and then his parents were in the pub and he was like, oh, this is Frank. He's going to run the, the mousetrap for me. And they were like, oh, good. And then he was like, doesn't he look like your lad? And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, very good. Went up and went, that's better than it come with his parents. <laughs> Confirmed. I'm like, great, <laughs> wonderful. We're both tall men with long faces and tiny eyes, but we are attractive to all mums. So it's not a bad thing. Um, yeah, every day. I mean, walking here, like, I got a lot of looks from people. I'm like, I have tattoos. I, I'm not him. Yeah. Just so we're clear. I, like, it's not all gone wrong. <laughs> like, have you ever done him for Halloween? Um. I did Doctor Strange for one year and I've been Sherlock for two. I never want to do it again. I don't, oh, why? It's such a cop out. Like, back when I had um, more hair, obviously I've buzzed my head and I wear a hat a lot now. Um, when I had more hair, yeah, it was a pretty easy. Or you get a wig and be like, I'm Sherlock. And I've got a big coat on. <laughs> or if you're Doctor Strange, like, would you the hand? Wear a cape. Yeah. Yeah, it's been done, um, unfortunately. So. I shan't do it again. Have you ever met him? No, um, unfortunately not. I've, we've not crossed paths. Him liked him. He seems like a nice chap. Yeah. Me... He does seem like a nice chap. He's an Eton boy, so. Is he? Yeah. He's, he's an Eton, Eton lad. They all bloody are, aren't they? All the good ones are. Well, and some bad ones. <laughs> a lot of bad ones. Let's not get into the bad <laughs> ones. Get into that. Let's not talk about <laughs> politics. Given the current situation as well, let's oh not talk about that. Oh, God. Um, so, retail. So, when, so did you leave the kitchen just because... Left the kitchen. Enough? I'd had enough of it. It wasn't really for me at the time. Had the wrong attitude as I did for school. Went off to retail. Did pretty much everything in retail from, like, games to clothes. Did a lot of clothes stuff. And then was, like, um, a roaming, like, fixer. Because... I was good at like showing people how to be nice to people because lots of people in retail have that job because it pays the bills, 
and you can clock in, clock out, and you can get away with just being like doing the bare minimum. Yeah. Which is a shame because you should be there to like help people. Like people come in because they don't know what they want. Yeah. Or it can go either way. So you can have people that like a lot of guys can't dress themselves and they're like, oh, I know that this is fine, but I don't really know what it goes with. And they're like uneasy and you're like, listen, come with me. I'm not, you don't have to buy anything, but yeah. come and try this on. Like this works with this. And like, I wanted to teach people that. So I went around and I did that a lot. And I became like a menswear fixer for a few brands. It was great. And then from that, I went and did store builds and training. And then that was a few years. And then I, from that, my friend Rob, who's the one that lived in a little bit in Oxford, had invested in a pub. And he said, have you worked in a pub before? And I said, no. And he was like, cool. Everything you have already is transferable to this. All you yeah. need to do is learn how to pull a pint and you're there. And also bring the accent back because it's in the crosswords. <laughs> like, okay, cool. So I took the jump and was like really nervous. And my mate was like, look, just do it. This is a great opportunity. So we took on this pub. Yeah, 10 rooms above. You live above the pub. Like we gutted it. I've n- like, I'm terrible at DIY. We went from doing no DIY to a full build on the toilets, front of the bar, the bar, the lines, the cellar. Oh my God. It was a lot, <laughs> a lot. But it turned it around in about a month and a half. Like it was wow. amazing. We took all of our favorite bits of places from London, brought them to like this little village in the Cotswolds, uh, Borton on the Water. It's got a little river, uh, fake river running through it. It's the Venice of the Cotswolds, according to the sign as you go in. Oh. Utter nonsense. There are five other pubs. As soon as we started gutting the pub, they were all scoping us out and they were like hated us. They were like full stranger danger. Like, <laughs> who are these people? And then we like, we just made friends with everyone. We're like, look, we just want a nice pub for the area. Like, we have nothing against all of you, but you're all tied and we're a freehold. So we'll probably be the more expensive of the pubs. Yeah. But we're never going to have a telly. So we're never going to show sports. Yeah. So you, you've got that crowd. And if people want to come and don't want to see that, we're the place for them. And we're going to do food that's, like, not boring. No yeah. offence. Because, like, it's just, like, risottos. Can I swear? Yes. I yeah. wasn't sure. Yep. No, you can swear. Not a kid's podcast. It's not a kid's <laughs> The food in the costumes is fucking boring. Is it? Fuck. <laughs> Like, risottos, miso aubergines, just, <laughs> oh my god, honestly, <laughs> destroying. So we, we did, like, we made a point of the dining room having a bookcase. Yeah. And the bookcase was just cookbooks of restaurants that we loved. So if we did a dish and someone ordered it and they loved it, we'd be like, oh, just so you know, it's from this restaurant. If you're visiting London, please see them. It's a... Like an homage, like yeah. it's not as I, I guarantee it's not as good as there. Yeah. But we've done our take on it, so it's great. That's so a nice lot, idea. Yeah. So lots of stuff from like Saint John, like Hawksmoor, like we did loads of stuff like that. And yeah. It was, it was a nice way to like just talk to people as well because Cotswolds is very much like a middle ground for tourists, so they would come and visit on their way to London because they want to see like the old stone buildings, and yeah. the greenery and the cows. Yeah, it's weird. And the hobbits. And the hobbits, the really tall hobbits. Yeah. Like, All right, my love, when you want to play a bear? <laughs> yeah, lots of that. 
No, oh, I've seen Hot Fuzz. Like, yeah, very good. There is a there is a model village in Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on. I've walked around it and been like, yeah, big cop in the model village. So yeah, it was good. So from that, went to. Was, so did you cook in the pub? I did a few shifts in the kitchen, not loads. We had a chef already, and he was yeah. an absolute legend. Like he could handle all of it. Most chefs will tell you that breakfast service is either their favourite or their worst. Yeah. Because it's all at once and then it's done. Um, and then we just did lunch, which is just toasties. It was easy. And then dinner. And then Sunday roast, obviously. Um, I pulled a few shifts and we put a few dishes on that were good fun. But then while I was doing that, I was still visiting London every Sunday night, Monday and Tuesday. Back to the pub Wednesday. And just scoping out everyone. And I started to chat to a lot of chefs and they were like, you should just pull a shift in the kitchen here, mate, like, and see what you think. I was like, okay, cool. I will. I will. And I was like, never going to pursue it because I get quite bad social anxiety. So yeah. like, I'm all for like chatting and like, like, this is fine. But like in a new space or somewhere I've never been, like immediately shut down. Like, I just don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. I wanna, I'm, I'm so happy to dine somewhere on my own. Yep. Like, eat on my own. Yeah, this is amazing. Cool. Okay, thank you very much. Bye. And, like, that's it. If someone starts talking to me, I'm like, I've got to, I've got to go. Like, it freaks me out really badly. Um, and Ash, who was the head chef at Temper in Soho at the time, back when they were all, like, there was three of them and they were all doing different things. He was like, you should come and put a shift and see what you think. I think you'd be all right. And I said, okay, cool. And, um, yeah, I did. I pulled a Thursday. What did you have to do? Um, he put me on sides and garnish. So, like, he was like, it's not that much pressure. And Julie, who runs the section, is with you. Yeah. So you just kind of, like, you get in your handheld, but you get to see what it's like in a service. But while I was there, I was only meant to be there for, like, two hours. And I stayed for the whole sit. While I was there, like, I saw other trials come and go. And, like, it was, like, every hour on the hour. Like, they'd just come... And be like, okay, bye. And it was like, it was busy. Like, that restaurant was pumping with yeah. people. And they would just come and leave. And I'm like, why are they going? Like, we're in the shit. Like, it's busy. And Julia was like, just crack on, keep going. So we just carried on. And then we started cleaning down the end of service. And Ash was like, why are you still here? Like, you were supposed to go ages ago. Like, yeah, but you were in the shit. He's like, oh, okay. We'll finish up and then we'll have a chat. I'm like, clean down. Make sure everything's labelled. Checked. Everything's clear. Everything's off. And he's like, cool, when can you start? And he's like, oh, oh because I was okay? He's like, because you stuck it out. Like, all yeah. of those other guys literally just came and went, came and went. He's like, what's the point in getting someone that's just going to clock in, clock out? Yeah. Like, I'd eaten there so much. I just wanted everyone else to have the experience that I had. Because it's an open kitchen. Yeah. You have, like, 40-odd on the counter in front of this big fire. And that's they want to... Yeah. yeah, and then you've got another like, uh, it's a lot. I'd say f you could, if it was full at a time, you could do about 250, 300. That's it. Wow. It's a rammer. So you have two on each section. So you have two on grill, one on sides, two on tacos, one on pastry, one inside pass, one outside pass. And you're just constantly. What does inside pass and outside pass mean? So inside pass is you're expediting it and finishing. So you're Working the tickets, calling the tickets, finishing the plates, handing them to outside pass. Okay. Outside pass is then putting them on trays, 
handing them to runners. Okay. Sending them out. Um, so yeah, I started that. So I was very lucky that was my first kitchen. What um, did you do there? I started on sides and garnish. Yeah. I learned a bit of grill. I learned a lot of butchery. I learned a bit of pastry. I learned a lot about tacos. And I learned a lot about making sauces. <laughs> I learned a lot very quickly. Um, was that when you used to send me pictures of the butchery stuff? Was that from that restaurant? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Not <laughs> sweet. Weird, but yeah, though it wasn't weird. No. But yeah, I've got memories of that. Mm. So yeah. But I guess that's the best way to learn, right? Just being thrown in the deep end. I wouldn't, like, it's the best way. Like, trial by fire is 100% the best way to learn. Because you either know you want to do it. Yeah. Or you immediately go, this isn't for me. And I've seen a lot of people go, this isn't for me. I saw a guy on a Sunday service who'd been with us for about a month. He turned up and he was like, so rough like you do turn up on a sunday hungover sometimes yeah. it happens yeah you know you got to grind it out you know you're probably off monday you can sleep it off yeah get through sunday he turned up an hour in he literally rolled his knives off and went this isn't for me chef and left and the sous chef looked at me and went all right looks like we're gonna crack on i was like cool okay how many more we got to go and he's like about another 60 like, let's get it done and we just got it done like don't just bail mid-service like you have a commitment yeah. And these people who are coming for dinner don't give a shit about your problems. They just want a nice dinner. Give them a nice dinner. But it's more about your co-workers though. Because obviously you're going to have to pick up the slack for that. And yeah. that's just that's just a, a shitty thing to do. There's a lot of shitty people. Yeah. A lot of shitty people. It's not something we can really talk about, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a lot. A lot of shitty people with lots of really good PR companies. And they're really shitty. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, did that, and then from that went head chef got scouted by um, a very famous chef who we can't name. Okay. Because he's got a really good PR company and a big legal team. Okay. So we can't name drop him, <laughs> but he is. And, and I think if you Google the world's most famous chef, he comes up first. Oh really? Yeah. And um, he's not Marco Pierre White. He's the other one. That's okay. the easiest way to describe him. Yeah. Um, known for swearing and yep. many I... cooking shows. Yep. Yeah, went to go work at his bar and grill for him. And because I'd learned my section and temper, and I hadn't learned the basics. Yeah. So I'd learned to run before I could walk. Yes, okay, yeah. So I hadn't learned the basics, hadn't yeah. learned like the classics. So then Ash went there and he was like, come with me and I'll teach you the basics and then you'll be have a good base. So I went there and it was a completely different kitchen. It was extremely stressful. It was not a nice environment to work in. Why? Um, because it was within a hotel. You are then pressurised with doing your normal service, doing all your mise en place, so setting up for service and getting everything ready, and then you have room service tickets on top. If a room service ticket was ever late, the restaurant was then charged and the customer got it for free. And if you were six tickets deep and a room service ticket comes on, that room service ticket goes to the front. So if you think you get a nice ribbon and you're working a service and you're like, okay, cool, so I've got this and I've got six of these and four of these. doesn't matter. Club sandwich and fried chicken burger comes on. That stops everything else. And you get that done immediately. And you're just like, what? But I can't. Like I, I can't get that any quicker because I'm already using the fryer. I'm already using the pan. It was horrible. It How was... is that a good idea? Because to have it like that. That's, I don't know, but that's just how they, they run it. 
it was really, really stressful. Um, pretty much every ship in there was just there because they, I feel like they'd figured out how to, they didn't know what I'd done at Tempo. I learned to run their sections. Yeah. Easy. And they had easy life. And it was just like, this is so stressful. Like, I'm, I don't want to come to work. And I would get to work and be like, I don't want to be here. And it was just like, it's just, I was like, I'm here to learn, so I should learn. Yeah. And I was trying. I was really trying. I was just like, this is just, it's just too much. Like, it was so anxious every day. And, like, you'd start service. And then, like, yeah, it wasn't very nice. But then lockdown happened and COVID dropped our numbers. And then, yeah. Yeah. Everyone got, did everyone get laid off? Everyone except for head chefs and GMs. Okay. So we were without jobs. Why, why weren't you furloughed? It was a day of furlough. It was announced. Um, we went to the pub, obviously. A <laughs> <laughs> sea chef just, I remember feeling him slap me on the back and went, come on, let's go to the pub. Nothing else we can do. We'll figure it out tomorrow. Right now, let's just go get shit faced. All right, cool. We went to um, uh, Bodega Negra in Soho. Yep. They've got like a wheel. I, I remember spinning the wheel twice. I don't remember anything else. <laughs> I don't remember going home. I was like just blackout. Like, we just got so, so wasted because <laughs> there was nothing else to do. And we yep. just didn't know what to do. And then the next day, I put a thing up saying like does anyone need anything like what do we need anyone needs anything like soup kitchen anything like I want to just help because everything was just shutting yeah and then we'd made friends with the cockfighter guys who do like fried chicken in London they're very good yeah they got one in Soho and then they were I think they were the first to pivot so like as soon as lockdown happened they were like we're doing dark kitchens we think takeaway and delivery is going to be the winner yeah because you can do it contactless. So we're opening one, and it's, and it's down the road from where you live. And um, he was like, can you just talk to the guys you work with and see if you can get them in? So we ran a dark kitchen for two, three months. It was like just insane numbers. Yeah. Because it was lockdown. Like, what else yeah. are you going to do? Loads of people were furloughed, and um, we're just like... I've got spare money. I'm not going out to eat. I'm just going to get takeaways. I think at one point we were hitting nearly 40k a week on fried wow. chicken. Fried chicken as well. Wow. So like, just blasting it out. We knew pretty much every Uber Eats and delivery driver's name. We saw them that much. Yeah. They were so good. Um, but no one from the public was allowed in because of COVID. So like, yeah. the drivers would come to the door. They would knock, give us a number. We'd hand it over they'd go but like blasting it out and then we were like oh we should probably do our own thing rather than earning this money for someone else yeah even though they're our friends and then um yeah we looked around and the guy that had the kitchen that we were in had another kitchen uh with like a weird like hatch and a burger place had taken and they weren't doing very well and he's like there's a smoker in there if you guys can work a smoker and like the two guys I was with were from Tampa and they're like yeah we kind of know how to use it yeah we've done a bit so we did some tests and we were like we should just go for it so we all went in I think we'd had about 
between three of us, we opened a business with about 10K. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty low for a yeah. startup. And invited all of our chef friends. We made a point of not inviting anyone that was a food blogger. Yeah. We were like, just, just invite chefs so they can be really brutal and tell us what they don't they like and they don't like. And they were like, everything's great. Maybe just change this one thing. But just open. Like, this is food that people can't be asked to cook themselves. And, yeah. like, you can tell that you guys care about it. We had all the farmers that we dealt with before, from obviously all the butchery stuff, and we launched the barbecue place. It was mad. It was insane. We thought there'd be, like, two people outside when we opened, and there was, like, a queue. And then it got really silly, and the police told us off. And we are like... Why did they tell you off? Because the queue went from, like, that corner to the Brit. So we were... Um, I keep moving my hand and showing you, <laughs> but obviously people can't see that. So, like, we opened on um, in a place called Fish Island in Hackney Wick, um, next to a bar that's now called Two More Years. So we were on the corner with a little hatch. So you come to the hatch and you order, you wait, you call your name, you get your food. But that queue used to go to the bridge. Wow. And it'd be yeah. there all day. So people would queue for, like, two, three hours serious it was it was mad lockdown one like it was insane insane and at one point it'd be like we haven't got enough pigs smoked <laughs> for these people so one of us has to go out and it's always like rock paper scissors <laughs> who's going out to tell them and you go down the queue and you count and you get to a point where you're like just so you know you're probably not going to get dinner and they'd be like oh like come back like give me a name come back we'll, we'll sort something out don't worry so you'd always like yeah. We always wanted it to be like, you know, it's just us, and it's like a like a little neighborhood spot. It's never like different people every time. It's always us. Yeah. And it was like the cars there. But yeah, it was mad. It was absolutely mad. And we did that bloody donut, which it's a good. I know it's a it good. Was I know it's good. It was the nicest <laughs> thing. So you what, came so late as well. You were like post lockdown, post lockdown two. You turned up, and you were like, oh, mate. Yeah. I think I had a blonde mullet as well. I time. did have a blonde mullet at the time. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, so did you. <laughs> <laughs> that was fully like, yeah. And um, yeah, everyone came for that bloody donut. What was it, a donut with? So it's a brioche donut that we put barbecue sauce one side, uh, chilli jam the other, smoked pork shoulder, and like a bit of crispy skin. I know. It's oh good. my I know. God, it was just so good. It's so good. It was so good. Who came up with that idea? Uh, Martin as a joke so Mar- so it was me, Martin and Curtis Martin came up with it when we were doing the menu prep he was like can you get donuts from this bakery and then Curtis was like I can make donuts he's like, well let's do some tests with just these ones and it's fine and we did it and I was like we're not doing dessert I said if we do something food wise we're not doing dessert and we're not doing coffee yeah it's like my two least favorite things let's just do nice savoury they're going to take it home we've got everything else at home and yeah, he was like, get donuts. And we did. And it was just like... But the thing is, we didn't want... Well, I was really conscious that, like... Especially in London, there's restaurants like um, Black Axe, which is an incre- incredible restaurant. Yeah. And they were, like, known for doing... Back in the day, they did a foie gras donut. And then they did a smoked pig cheek donut, I think, as well. Insane. And I was like... So I messaged... Lee, the guy that went up, like, just so you know, we're going to do a donut. 
I don't want you to think we're treading on toes. Yeah. Like, and he was like, no, doesn't like that's fine. There's no copyright on food. Like, do what you want. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Like, all the best for you guys. And like everyone's just been like they were so nice. So yeah, we did that and it was mad. And as you know, you had most of it. I don't I, think it, it was so good. It was a lot. Because you came with a couple of mates. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. So how long were you there for? So we were there from uh when did we launch? July July of lockdown one. Yeah. 2020. 2020, up until about a month ago, we closed the hatch. Oh, is the hatch closed now? The hatch is closed now. Why? So they're knocking down those buildings. Oh, are they? So all of those buildings are going. So while we were there, we saw Truman's Brewery go, <gasps> um, that massive high rise go up, and then it wasn't built correctly, so that's going to come down and go up again. Seriously? Yeah, that went opposite Rob's flat. Yeah. It's going down. You're, they didn't do it correctly? No. How can they... How can you make a building not do it correctly <laughs> how much money is that going to cost uh i don't remember someone asked someone did tell us because the, the the foreman of that site was like sweating one day and he was like Are you okay then they've missed i was like missed what mate and then all of a sudden they were like knocking these like support posts in just to keep it up like oh, it's really knackered my god so they can either put them in after or just bring it down and bring it back up so i think they're going to bring it down and bring it back up it's quicker but yes funnily enough you seem to know rob who was one yeah. of our regulars he's one of your hmv pals from back in the day he used to come to us every week and buy bacon what a legend he's so nice and then um yeah hatch is closed um i stepped away because yeah you stepped away didn't you i stepped away in october to help my uh now ex-partner with her business yeah. she had a vegan business which is also a dog business and i was like cool no problem i'll give you a hand like i understand what it's like to run a business now and like you have a lot on so i launched a vegan concept which did pretty well it didn't do amazingly and it was hard to get foot traffic and like it was just like a push and then i kept trying to push up like pricing yeah and just like wasn't going so i was like okay cool I need to step away from this. So I stepped away from that um, about August this year. Yeah, August this year. Had like a week off and was like, where do I go now? And I was like, I should probably get back into like a proper kitchen. So obviously like running your own business and doing lockdown stuff is not running like a normal kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that fried chicken when we did was in the back of a pub or a bar being dismantled and rebuilt. And one thing that was really bad is, like, the last thing the builders took out was the taps and the kegs. And they were like, there's about 20 kegs that are still good. There's gas. If you feed us, we'll do this last. So we were literally just drinking beers every day. Like, we treated it like a festival. And we were wow. just... We were just Bearing it up and fried chicken. Like, it was... Living the dream. Living the dream, but also <laughs> slowly becoming functioning at home, which is not <laughs> ideal. Yeah. Um. So we did that. And then obviously when I went to do my own thing, when we did the barbecue, you would get in, like, Sunday 7, 8 a.m. And you would assume that, like, by 10 a.m. it felt like midday. Yeah. So you'd crack a, crack a beer and crack on. So it's pretty bad. And then... um. 
yeah, the vegan thing was fine. Like it was okay. I was doing like vegan tacos and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, obviously I split with my partner, so I had to step away as well. And then I spoke to uh, the head chef at Pigeon, um, a chap called Drew, who is wonderful and so young. Yeah, he's like twenty nine. We we've, we've already yeah, chatted with us. I can't believe he's twenty nine. Yeah, he's twenty nine, and he's got so much knowledge, and he's just legitimately like, like an absolute trooper. Does and he just love food? Yeah, he loves everything, and he's just super nice. So I work with him. So I went to go meet him for a coffee, because he'd always he kept saying like, if anyone asks you about jobs, please send them my way if they're good. But also, you could just come work here, and I was like, well. <laughs> I don't think I could, because what you do is very, very good. And then we went and had a coffee and a chat. And he said, if you want to come and do a polish shift and see what you think, come and polish shift. It'd be nice to know if you get on with the guys, we get on, and you have the right the right attitude. And I did. I pulled a shift, and I couldn't roche. What does roche mean? So roche is like a quenelle with one spoon. So is we... it... <laughs> <laughs> so we're... I'm oh, Frank. All right. <laughs> Um, so, like, when you get, whenever you go somewhere nice and yes. they give you, like, the little, like, this, um, how to describe it? I really don't know how to describe it other than, like, the perfect little, like, not sphere, but, like, there's, like, a spoon or something on your plate. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of, yeah, I know, do you know what, what you mean. mean. I want to say cone, but it's not a cone. It's not a cone. It's like a roundy, like, like a rugby ball. Like a rugby ball. Perfect. Oh, yeah. yeah. That perfectly smooth rugby ball of, like, ice cream yeah. or butter. That's a roche. Okay. So I couldn't do that. Okay. So I learned very quickly. I did my trial shift and I just couldn't get the roches. Could do it. So do you just do it in one? So you have to do one motion, boom, on the plate, and you commit. Okay. Like, nail it. Crush them, man. No worries. Yeah. Every now and again, this still have, still have a bad one. Happens. Do you do it with everything? No, you can do it. No. So then you, can't do, you can't do it with everything. You have to have the right temp. And... Okay. But after my trial, I went home. And I bought some cream, and I whipped some cream, and I just did it every day. Just roche, roche, roche. Again, again, again. Until they were good. And then I went back for another shift, and he was like, hey, I've been practicing. Like, yeah, a bit of an ad, but I just wanted to get it right, and I knew it was wrong. I was like, it's good, it's good. And then, um, yeah, I've been there two months now? Where are we now? October? Yes. Yeah, about two months. It's amazing. Whole menu changes every week. Yes, it is. Which, which blew your mind. Head hurts. So it's, it's just a tasting menu. We just do tasting menu. Yeah. Fully seasonal. Uh, so based on whatever is good from the farmers, on the meat-wise. Um, and yeah, it's great to have like a whole team. So that there's usually three of us on service. Um, there's five in total, maybe six for the kitchen. Um, and yeah, I love it. Like, it's the most open kitchen environment I've been in. Because with chefs and with everyone in hospitality, like, big things that affect us are, like, yes, we work really long hours. Not consistently, but it does happen. And then you will have stuff like people have stuff outside of work that, like, you can be depressed. Uh, you can have, like... Uh, you can be, like, a functioning alcoholic. You could be, like, a, like addicted to painkillers. Like, that's all very normal. Yeah. But rather than... If anything like that happens, like, we're open about it and we talk about it and it's so nice to, like, go in and know that if someone's having, like, a bit of a low day, 
it's not quiet yeah. and like you have that conversation and it's amazing and it's such a like it's an environment you want to go into yeah you'll ne- like you you could know that you are fully booked and like everyone could be allergic to everything so you have to change everything no problem at all you're still going to go in because you know it's going to be good yeah and like you will have a bad day and you may go down but everyone there will pull you back up it's incredible like but th- i mean in general like because when you when you said about that restaurant where you work, it was a really horrible environment because everyone was really stressed. Like, I can't imagine that that is of benefit to anyone or any of any of the business either because I just, working, it makes me feel anxious. Like, we were talking about watching Boiling Point before, which I still haven't seen, but about how stressful it is and about everything going wrong. Like, that yeah. makes me, my chest tense. Yeah, don't watch it. So, I do want to watch <laughs> it, but I do get, I get too upset by things. But the idea of working in the kitchen for me, like that's what I think of from yeah. watching stuff like that. Chefs on TV in the shouty. Everyone just watches like kitchen nightmares, yeah, or like Hell's Kitchen, or I mean, I hate that they're all Gordon programs, but they generally are. Um, and like uh, Iron Chef, although the latest Iron Chef's pretty great because, like, it's worth watching. I don't know what that is. Oh, Iron Chef is like a cooking contest, but then they have like the mystery ingredient. Okay. And there's like, whoa, what are you going to cook it with? But like this, the one on Netflix at the minute is has got, um, there's a, a place in New Orleans called Turkey in the Wolf and Molly's Rising Shine. The guy that runs that is a guy called Mason Hereford. He's the most chill person who's ever worked in kitchens. He has a mullet, a massive mustache, and he makes sure that if his team are all good, they all crack a beer and they all have a great service. And he does it on Iron Chef. He serves them like tacos and a dinosaur. He does, oh man, it's so good. He's just like, I don't give a shit. I'm not changing what I'm doing. I'm just going to put on Iron Chef. Like, my guy. So good. But yeah, people do. Like, it's kind of an old school thing of like, you must do it this way. Yeah. Um, Which is a shame because... What are you going to learn? You're just beating someone against. Yeah. You're just giving someone a load of no's rather than going, okay, look, this has gone wrong. Let's try it this way and let's see how we go. Okay, that didn't work. Let's try it this way and see how we go. But all the old school guys are just like, no, no, no. Yeah. And it's horrible. It's like just not worth it. Like the reason I love what I do is because I work with people who love what they do. And if you fuck up something... They just put their hand on your shoulder and go, okay, let's go again. You'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. Whereas an old school person would be like, you're shit. Why are you shit? Why are you here? <laughs> but it's fucking horrible. It is horrible, but also that's not... It's just not good for anyone because it just makes you feel like shit. And yeah. when you feel like shit, you you work worse. Yeah. Don't you? You're not as... You're much more productive and do better work when you're happy. Yeah. And you feel supported and... Like, I've had bad services... And I've just got in my head. And like, you, you'll mess up one thing, but know that you have another eight things coming and you start to spiral. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then as soon as you start yeah. to spiral, so they always call it like going down or being in the weeds. And like, you'll spiral and go down. And like, unless someone jumps on your section to pull you out, you are going yeah. down. And like, it's happened a few times. And I'm just like, you kick yourself afterwards because your life's like, oh, because the person that's with you is just like trying to pull you out and be like, look, we're just going to work this. 
then we're going to work this, then we're going to work this, and you'll be fine. Yeah. But your brain's going, but what about this thing? What about this thing? What about this thing? I can't do this thing. And you go quiet, you just go in, and your brain just goes, that's horrible. Is that, do a lot of people drink? Um, yes and no. So everyone I work with now is pretty level-headed. Do you think that's because they're younger? Because you were saying you're the oldest one. Do you think the younger generation are not so reliant on... No, they're not They're not boozers at all. Yeah. No. They're like, we all go for a pint after work if we're on like a prep day. And we do a day off. Uh, like, so yesterday would have been a uh, meet up and play pool. Have a pint or two. Yeah. Um, the older guys are like, like I said about boiling pot, the, the water bottle. Yeah. The boost. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Very normal for the older generation, like you see it. And like quite a lot of the older guys, uh like on gear. Yeah. Like a lot of that. Yeah. Like it's smoking, so everyone smoke. Well yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So I started so I started smoking a few ciggies again. Why are you gotta put this on the podcast? Well, it just you know My mum's gonna kick my ass now. Um good. Yeah, yeah, all right. Um it's the last packet, it'll be fine. It's the last time. Um, no, they're not. They're not as bad as they used to be. I think I've just worked. So I, I talked to the boys in this one, in this kitchen, and they were just like, everywhere you've worked sounds horrendous. And I was like, what do you mean? They like, well, you're either boozing, or people are on gear in the service, or you just get screamed at. I was like, yeah, that's normal now. And they're like, no. It's very different here. <laughs> This is a nice place. I'm like, <laughs> okay, excellent. That's good. And um, yeah, it is. There's no, no one drinks pre or like during service, which I've seen in the past. Yeah. No one is messing with anything. And we have a ciggy maybe like before you get in and do prep and that's it. Like it's just very, very chill and it's nice. And like you can be busy and you can be slammed. You just don't feel it. Yeah. And like, and that's how it should be. And everyone like, what's nice is the kitchen is like tiny on the corner, open to the dining room. And you just, all you can really hear is just like us laughing and cooking. And that's what you want from yeah. a small dining room. And especially with a tasting menu, like it's super, super nice. Because with a tasting menu, you expect it to be a regiment of silence. And yeah. one chef calling the tickets and everyone goes, we, and that's it. And you carry on. Whereas we're just like busting each other's balls and giving each other shit. It's great. Well, that's like it should be, no? Yeah, that's how every kitchen should be. Yeah. I'm very jealous that I didn't get that sooner. I should have, like, I've, like I said, I've learned more the yeah. last two months than I have in, like, years. Because, it, like, every week the tech is, is different. Yeah, so it's so it's a tasting menu. How many dishes? Ten? I think it works out ten if you have cheese and the extras, including the snacks and the bread course. Okay. And that changes every week, and you can never repeat a dish. Not, you're not allowed to repeat a dish. I feel like you should talk to Drew rather than me about this. Okay, I will do. I'll um, I'll tell him that you're keen. You can talk to Drew. Will he come and cook me dinner as well? Yeah, he'll cook you a much better dinner. So I'm going to cook you like my dinner, and then he'll come and he'll cook you dinner. Okay, I'll, I can do a taste test. I can give no. my, I can do a review. Well, if it's better, imagine it would, it wouldn't be better. He's I'll really, say it is anyway. He's really good. But yeah, please do. But I, that I just think that sounds amazing. But then, do you, do you get people coming back then? So we get people. We have at least 
I, since I've been there, I've seen at least four or five couples who yeah. are on repeat every week. Yeah. Oh, really? Every week? And they're like, we're like this weird neighbourhood restaurant, but it's fine dining, but it's not really fine dining. It's like fine dining, but like in a casual space. So and is they, it not fancy? So it's like the most comfortable dining room you'll ever sit in. Yeah. It's, it would feel like this. Is it as it's quite small? Yeah, you're only what twenty six, I think max. Yeah, a push twenty four, I think twenty four, twenty six, a push. Not much bigger than this, where we are now, and yeah. it's just nice and chill. Yeah, it's wonderful. I'm definitely gonna come. Yeah, yeah, I like a tasting menu. Good. <laughs> I've only had one before, and I felt where, very posh. Where was it? It was the one I was in Cornwall near the. Um, where they where the G seven summit was was it Adams? Yes, with the oh. butterfly. Was it a butterfly? Oh, the butterfly, yeah. No yes, Adam. yeah. How was it? It was very nice. Good. It was quite a lot of fish. Yeah. And I'm not a massive. I mean, obviously we were in Cornwall, so yeah. But I'm I do like fish, but I'm there was quite a lot of fish. I wonder if. Ah, so I know Jamie is the head chef there. Okay. He's the really handsome young lad with the streak in his hair. I can't really remember. Excellent. We were only talking to the wine guys <gasps> over quite a lot. Uh, George with the beard. Yes. 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 I bloody love that guy. <laughs> yes, he was really nice. Um, and there, but he there was someone that gave me because I don't drink anymore, and they gave me alcohol free, free champagne. Excellent. How and was I it? did not like it. Is it bad? It. You, See, aggr- you aggressively pointed at I me like, like, like I made it. Because I was so excited when they said, and I thought, well, if it's going to be nice, it's going to be nice yeah. here, isn't it? Because it's a fancy pants place. I just find... <sighs> which I love champagne. That's the one thing I really miss. But I only liked a few champagnes. Yeah, I'm fair. funny with wine. So I'm not probably the best person to comment on it because I didn't like much champagne anyway. But I just find with the alcohol-free wines and Proseccos, it just tastes like cat's piss. Not that I've drunk much cat's piss. Well, cat did just but, wave yeah. at us the window. Um, but they're just, but yeah, it just wasn't... Wasn't for you. I really like the zero-alcohol Heineken or Peroni is nice. Because yeah. they just taste exactly the same. Lucky Saint's There's quite good. No... Like the zeros are good. Yeah, it's fine. I'm, yeah, I'm quite boring, yeah, I guess. Fine. That's nice you went but, to Ugly Butterfly there. Yeah, it was really lovely. I that's a really nice time. I haven't been yet. and um, Yeah. Carbis Bay. Yeah, I know where it is. Yes. No, it's just because I remember it. It takes me a little while to get there. We went... My So my friend, her sister-in-law owns a house in St Ives. And it's the house that Joe Biden stayed in when he was over for the summit. Mm. They had... There's like a seven houses or something and yeah. he had all of them obviously for because he's the president well he was no he is the president is he, is he still the president yeah he is yeah it's us who've had 17 I'm... different prime ministers isn't it well we've got um, the letters now yeah yeah, no, yeah yeah um and we stayed in so we stayed where he stayed so that's quite exciting and we went to the Carbis bay place where they had all the Stuff. We had a very nice time. It was a very nice. I I go away every now and then with these people and pretend that I'm rich. fancy. <laughs> yeah. I used to do that when I ran a pub. I had loads of it, like external, like just disposable income. I used to go to like nice restaurants. That's how I like. So I I met Adam, um, who has Ugly Butterfly and the Frog in Covent Garden. 
I met him through that. And I think he just, I think he just, lots of people just assumed I was a chef before I was a chef. Yeah. Because I asked the right questions. So I'd ask like, yes. how long this took? What did you use? And they'd be like, are you a chef? And I'm like, I'm just interested, but maybe I am. <laughs> um, and then we became friends and like, um, yeah, he had to close a lot. So he had four or five and then lockdown happened and he had to close a lot, which wow. is really shit. But when we were opening the barbecue, he texted me and said, listen, I'm closing up Hoxton, whatever you need come and meet me and just take it. Oh, so he gave nice. me loads of kit. So he gave me loads of like trays, kitchen kit. And oh, I was like, really I nice. said, just send me what it costs and I'll pay you. And he was yeah. like, don't be silly. Like it's fine, it's on me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. But also he did have a bit of a run in with the bakery called The Frog. And that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, in and out. Okay. Yeah, he li- he likes to go in and out. He just likes. Look at it's a proper chump. He's massive, but he's he's not. He's big boned. I'm not judging him. He got fat shamed by the vet. <laughs> <laughs> so like, what you feeding him? He's overweight. I'm like, I don't. F- I feed him the, what I'm supposed to feed him, and that's it. We do. He doesn't get treats. I mean, he. He's going next door and getting fed. Hundred percent. Well, your neighbours are definitely feeding yeah. him. Yeah. He looks like a bowling ball. Um, but it's all muscle. <laughs> is it? Is it? He's all power. He's like, he king, is. He's like the kingpin of cats. And he does catch. I he ate baby birds the other day, and it was it was quite upsetting actually because I knew that he had something in the garden, so I went out to look and see, and they they were chicks like they they'd not been out long, and it was really weird because they looked like puppets. They didn't look real. Yeah, it was very didn't. weird. And but then I'm like, but at least he did eat them. He's not like playing with them and then leaving them. He's just got his dinner and then just lay in the garden. Yeah. Amazing. Um, what we should clarify as well is that we know each other through a mutual love of one man. We do. It's... Brian Gittins. Yeah. That's yeah. how we know each other. That is how we know each other. What a, what a hinge problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. See, no one got that. Yeah. You were the only person that got that. Yeah. Mad. Yeah. I saw it and I was like, hello. Someone there. Well, hello. Actually, a moment. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, you told me about the Charles and Brian and Charles. Yeah. And the podcast on the YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. The original. So I didn't know about that. I, I knew about like... the videos with the keys. Oh my god, the keys! And also the Angelos one, sticks and stones. Yeah, sticks is like and stones. sticks and stones. Which <laughs> breaks my bones. Do it again. Um, one of my all-time books. But also, ever David obviously appreciates that. But. That I feel like we should have this recorded that we both love that man. So much. Um, have you actually listened to Chatterbix yet? I haven't. I haven't because I don't listen to podcasts. But you make them. I know I make them. But I sometimes I, I'm i scared of stuff because I know that I'm going to love it so much. But chat- I might not be able to stop. Chatterbix is only like half an hour. It's every day Monday to Friday. And there's a couple of really good, like, when they have guests on. So they've had... Obviously, because it's um, David L and Joe Wilkinson. Yeah. They've had, like, Gervais on. Dermot O'Leary's been on. And then, like, it went quiet for a bit and they were just doing, like, little 20-minute ones. And then they got... um, Who's the snooker player? Steve... something. 
they had him on and I was just like, what is happening with this? <laughs> like the audio quality is terrible. It's like, oh, talking, really? it's like they're talking through gaming headsets <laughs> and it's really shit and it's amazing. It's like, um, who does the never one who edit this chat shit? Oh, um, Sipa and Hugo from... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, like no, that. that either. So it's like that, but like for us, because we're old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm young enough for... Um, what they're called go on people just do nothing Correct do you know what him. i didn't watch that because i've got friends that were in that because they did it It was all garage wasn't it it was and that was the time that i was doing the dubstep night and a couple of my dubstep djs were in no the shit. program and and i used to work at a pirate radio station of course you did so <laughs> <laughs> of course i did of course you did so I, I'd heard about it and I was like, oh, I've got to watch that. And yeah. I didn't watch it until like last year. And then I was like, I can't believe. It's so good. Isn't because it? It, it's, it was so realistic. It's like the gar- it's like the pirate radio garage version of The Office. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. So Sipa and the, um, Sipa, Marcus and Kieran uh, came to the barbecue. <gasps> and uh, it was pretty good. Oh, it was a, good, my it was a great God. day. Great day. Great day. Kieran is now officially, unofficially my twin brother. Uh, Marcus is just a G and like super nice and Sipa bust my balls for the whole time I was there and then he was like do you like the office? I've got an American office tattoo what do you think of that? I was like kind of makes me furious but also I love it <laughs> like, yeah cool see you in a bit <laughs> like, oh my god um, yeah super like that was a good day they're really chill they're really nice guys yeah like it doesn't matter how big or how famous they get just really nice like good dudes and I rate them. And I love the fact that they run Taste Cadets as well as the corrupt thing. So Taste Cadets is like a little food thing you do together. And they go to spots that people wouldn't normally go to. And they really shout about spots. That's nice. Which is nice because like those are the spots you want to go to. Yeah. Because those are the spots that don't have the money to do like a big PR or a big push. Yeah. And it's like these are real like hidden gems of London. So... Because that's, well, you'll well know about that is how you get people talking about you. Yeah. If you don't have a lot of money to spend on advertising, which costs an absolute it's fortune. So, it's so expensive. Yeah. Like, the first thing we looked at was PR because we were like, what do we do? And I was like, let's just invite chefs. Like, who would you trust on Instagram for a yeah. food recommendation? It's like, a chef. Yeah. So let's invite all of our chef friends. Like, I promise you this will work. And like, it did. Like, yeah. Not everyone could make it and it was a bit shit, but, you know, it's what it is. But you obviously did all right if you had all that queue. The queue was horrendous. It was so hard. <laughs> Why did you decide to walk away from it? I was... Oh, said I, enough. I, um, it wasn't even that. It was just like... No, I hadn't had enough. I, I wanted to go help my partner at the time with hers with her business because I could see her struggling I could see her I could basically see her going down and I was like you need you need a food offering you are a bar with no food like why would I stay here you are like you are now currently the pre-drinks bar so let me bring food to your place and I'll do good vegan food because I cook you good vegan food so I did and um, yeah it just it was just in such a weird place and it was so hard to get football. But it's what it is. It's what it is. It's what it is. Is it still going? I don't know. Okay. It's 
What else do you want to talk about? Um, well, I think that's enough because I want my dinner. <laughs> Thank you very much. What, for coming over for and cooking? Coming over and cooking for me. Just so we're clear, I spent, chat. I spent the day getting battered on the Wii <laughs> with your kids, uh, battered on Mario Kart, prepping there, taking the kids to the shops. Yep. But this is what I need. Yeah, it's of course. Please come round and do stuff for me. Yeah. Well, like, I'll great. talk to what I'll do is I'll talk to Drew, and yes. then Drew, because Drew's good with kids as well. Brilliant. He's really good with kids, and he's much nicer than I am. <laughs> that black eye should lift, lift off. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> from, from Juno. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Just so we're clear, that's a joke. Don't cancel me. Please don't up. cancel me. <laughs> I can't afford it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, a pleasure, of course. Thanks very much. No worries. Right, yeah, so that's the lovely Frank. If you have any questions for either of us, please get in touch. Yes, it was that chef that you're thinking that he did work for. And he does, he did speak, as I talked to him after about it, and he has got nothing but amazing things to say about him. He visits four, three or four of his restaurants every day to make sure that they're doing what they should be doing. Was it every day or every week? Maybe it was every week. But, or maybe it's every day, I don't know, he's the most hands-on CEO ever. Um, but yeah, he said he's, and he said that he always remembers your name and remembers something about the conversation that you've had previously. So he's very good at what he does. He said, yeah, he said he's a very nice guy, very good at his job, um, and obviously a very successful person. Um, he is the one on all the TV programmes that swears a lot. And yeah, so... I can't remember what I was going to say now, but please subscribe to the podcast. Please share the podcast. Please be kind to each other. (laughs) If you have any guest suggestions, please get in touch. Big love to you. Stay safe, stay sane, and I'll see you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.